tonight we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. I think it's kind of um, fitting for where we've been thus far. And um, with, with our conversation with demons, and are we, are we on the page? Are we already on the page? So, God has had heavy on my heart that this whole thing that, you know, um, the, the fastest, now, I mean, when we begin to talk about um, these, these principalities and these demons, I mean, this thing is so heavy that the Lord has really been dealing with me about it because um, it is so heavy. And so, um, and it's and it's it's inter, it's intertwined itself into our our very being to where we have just taken on the faults of so many different things that we just we've we've shamed and guilted ourselves into believing that this is just us. But the reality is, it's not just us. It's, it's there's things going on, and what and what we do is the Bible says, "When people perish for the lack of knowledge, you know, we won't learn anything. We won't." So we don't know, we don't understand most of what's going on with this, and we attribute it to what we attribute everything else. Thank you so much. You're going to see me eat a cracker every now and then, drink some of this soda. My stomach is in terrible shape. I probably shouldn't have come. thought it, didn't think it was going to be as bad as it continued to get. Um, so I ask for your forgiveness and understanding. Let's go forward. Um, tonight, thank you so much. Um, 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 uh, okay, what? Um, so tonight we're going to thank you. Tonight we're going to turn the pattern of ministry uh, to Jesus in the aspect of dealing with you know, being delivered from evil spirits or demons. And let's start reading from Mark chapter 1, um, a description of the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Um, and so in verses Mark chapter 1, uh, 21, and we'll go through 28. And it says, then they went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as scribes. Now, now there was a man in the synagogue, verse number 23, there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. And the Greek says, in an unclean spirit. And I want to suggest to you that the man, uh, this man that we're talking about, had probably been in the synagogue for, and he was probably a good religious Jew, um, and he'd probably been in the synagogues for years. And he cried. Now you see that? It's not the man that's crying out, but it's the spirit. And so... He cried out, saying, verse number 24, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Amen? And so, and so it's, remarkable, it's a remarkable fact that the demon in the man immediately knew who Jesus was, and it took his disciples about 12 months to discover what the demon already knew. Isn't that amazing? And so, um, so we're dealing with people that have a supernatural knowledge. We're dealing with people that have a supernatural knowledge. And so, I can't resist. I see you sitting there. 
That's probably one of them that you should answer. When you're dealing with people that have a supernatural knowledge. But Jesus, verse number 25, but Jesus rebuked him saying, be quiet. And in the Greek, I want you to understand when he says be quiet, it means to be muzzled. You can imagine the vision of a, a dog being muzzled. He says, be quiet and come out of him. Now again, he's not speaking to the man. He's speaking, he was speaking to the demon in the man, okay? And it's very important to see that. There comes a time when we are not dealing with people, but rather the demons in people. Now whether they are in us or in other people, okay? And so, and so, look at verse number 26. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, he cried out with a loud voice, and he came out of him. Now notice, there are two people. He, the demon, came out of him, the man. You see that? Uh, he, the demon, came out of him, the man. So there was a man and there was a demon or the evil spirit that was in the man. And Jesus did not deal with the man but he dealt with the demon in the man. You understand what I'm saying? Now, he was not embarrassed about what had to happen, but if you let that type of scene take place in some of our Lexington churches, you'd see demons. I mean, uh, you'd see the deacons trying to rush the person out of there. And, and this is something that I've seen happen. I've been in churches where there's demonic activity, you know, you see demons begin to act out, and the first thing that people do is they want to get rid of the demon. Well, I like what Juanita Bynum said one time. She said, no, 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 Ray, don't, don't turn the demon loose outside the church. Bring that demon down to the altar so that man can get delivered, so we can cast that demon out. But when you don't have any power, and you don't have any faith, that demon was sat in that church and make a home there, you know. And so in verse number 37, you know, and it's just a good thing that we begin to learn that we don't have to take the man out of the church. We just need to take the demon out of the man. Amen? In verse number 37, you know, I'm going to eat my cracker. They were all amazed so that they question among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands, for with, for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout the region of Galilee. Excuse me. Now, I want to point out, point out to you that Jesus was not first known as the Son of God. He wasn't known as the Son of God. People didn't look at him at first as the Messiah. Hold on one second. Interesting, testing, testing, testing. I needed this song. So I want to, he wasn't known as the Messiah or the Son of God. That wasn't what he was first really known for. He was more so known as the person who dealt with evil spirits. He'd been known as the person who had the power to deal with demons. And, and that caused his reputation, you know, that caused his reputation uh, to swell all around the whole area. Let's look at, this, in the same chapter, 
let's look at verses 32 through 34. Um, um, at evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him who, all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Now, demon-possessed is a bad translation, okay? Demon-possessed, is a, it's a bad translation. And the reason why I object to it is because the word possessed, it suggests ownership. Possessed suggests ownership. And if you're demon-possessed, then this means that you are owned by a demon, okay? And I don't believe that any born-again, sincere Christian can be owned by a demon. I don't believe that. I don't believe that any born-again, sincere believer can be possessed. But the Greek word that's used can easily be and should be translated demonized. Demonized. And I do believe that many born-again Christians are still demonized. And I'm talking about people that's been in the church for years. I mean, I hear some of the craziest stuff out of people. And it's not stuff like that you're mean or you're just nasty. It's just something that that has an influence over you that you ever just say some stuff and be like, I don't even know why I said that. Because of the influence that's up for you, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so, that, that is, what I'm trying to say is that there is areas in the personality where the Holy Spirit is not yet in complete control. There, there's a demon that has to be dealt with, and, and Jesus done that. That's what he does. So, so here's the reality. You need to ask yourself, are there places in you in your life where the Holy Spirit doesn't have total control. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and, and what I've learned is when the Holy Spirit, when you begin to yield, and the Holy Spirit begins to be in complete control, He doesn't just take control of a certain spot. He, he, he begins to deal with those corresponding spots that go along with it. So, you know, like, I made a post today, I don't know if any of you saw it, and said, Many people on my team ask why we don't clap back when people say things that they should or say things that's vicious or meaningless or, you know, just bad things about me or the ministry, right? And I had to be delivered from clapping back. In other words, I had to be delivered from saying something to people who had something to say about me. I had to be delivered from that. And, and, and it was God-given deliverance. And the reason that you know that is because I don't clap back. You see what I'm saying? Like, and so, and, and my whole nature is made up for drama. I love it. We can get it. But when, when, when I'm wrong now, after being saved, not only do I have the ability to just overlook it now, I'm not going to say it doesn't bother me. You know, you know, you go, huh. You know, you might speak it over with people that you're close to or whatever, but then you go into prayer and what I've learned is that if you go into prayer when someone has come against you, if you'll if you'll not fester, if you'll not fester on that and stay fixated on that, and you'll give that thing immediate prayer, it begins to lose a whole lot of power that it would otherwise have. You see what I'm saying? And so and so not only do I begin to not not bite or not jump on them for what they said, I begin to go into prayer. And I begin to operate in a piece. I got people calling me saying, you know, uh, if you'll pay my bond, I'll handle this, that, and the other. <laughs> and I have to tell them why not, you know, now nah, we're not going and why we not going to do it. And what brings glory to God is by people seeing you not operate in a manner that you normally would when in the natural where they choose to stay. You have every right to operate that way. See, God gets glory off what you wouldn't do when there was a time that you would have. You see what I'm saying? And so, and so we have to, as believers, 
we have to always remember that everything that it is that we're going through, it has a, it has a deeper cause. It has a deeper effect. I was talking to Miriam on the way up here, and I said, listen, I'm starting to understand these eternal ramifications. This thing that we do is so heavy. This, 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 this preaching, this teaching, this, you know, all of what we're called to do, this so major, this call is so major that we will, if done right, we will affect generations that we will never meet. My God. So do you think that we got time to be worried about what people run around saying and what they doing and you know what I'm saying? Man, I got you, you have to have a Nehemiah spirit. I refuse to come off the wall. Too busy. I'm too busy. You see? And so, and so when people are able to push your buttons, you shouldn't ask God why they're able to push my buttons. The question you should ask is, why are your buttons still in the same place since you're new? Oh, Lord. Does, does that make sense? You know, why are your buttons, why is it still so easy for you to be pushed if you're new? You know, this shouldn't be so easy. Amen? All right. And so, uh, so, 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 again, I'm going to say this. I don't believe that if, if you are a blood-bought believer, that the enemy can have possession of you. Okay? So, they brought him all that was sick and demonized, influenced, demonically influenced. And notice, get this, they didn't really come for deliverance. They came for healing. They didn't really come for deliverance. They came for healing. But in receiving healing, many of them needed deliverance from demons. And, and, and then it goes on. And then it goes on. And the whole city, verse number 33, uh, and the whole city, the whole city was gathered together uh, uh, the whole city was gathered together. Read, read, look, bring me that real quick. The whole city was, thank you so much. The whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed, verse number 34, then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and said, and, and, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. You see, you see, the demons all knew who Jesus was. And, 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 and he cast out many demons, you see. And, 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 and so I got a question for you. How many demons have you cast out? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the reason I ask is because I want to know how far are we up on the standard of Jesus? Or how far, uh, or, 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 or how below the standard are we when it comes to the pattern of Jesus? Are we, excuse me, are we able to do what he does? Do we practice the things that he practiced? You, you see what I'm saying to you? You know, uh, uh, you, you say, well, 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 well they're not all Christians. And that's true. They were Jews. But, but actually, they were living, they were they were living by the law of Moses. And in most cases, they were living much more righteous lives than most of the people in the United States today. You see. So the penalty, the penalty for adultery back then was death. Now, if the penalty was imposed on the American people today, <laughs> that if you cheat, you die. You understand what I'm saying to you? we lose over a quarter of our population immediately. So, so, don't, so, so, so don't, don't say those were people who didn't know righteousness. Uh, many people think that the only people who need to be delivered from demons are people that's in prison or in insane asylums or drug treatment centers. And that's just not the case. That's not true. Demons can actually be comfortable in many churches. Demons just get turned. And you say, how can a demon get comfortable in the church? Because cause, cause the people in the building, the people in the building are comfortable with the demon. You see? This is, and, and so, so, so some of you might be going, well, he is talking about this demon. 
stuff kind of uh, kind of deeply. You know, so he continues to talk about it. And the reason, you know, you know that I'm on this is because simply because we keep a lot of times we think that this messed up stuff that we do is us, and we become ashamed of ourselves. I want to keep reiterating that we become ashamed of ourselves. Can't believe that we're doing some of the things that we've done. Can't believe we, you know, we can't. It's just so much that we don't we don't get. But once you begin to understand, it's not you. Paul said in, 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 in Romans chapter 7, uh, he said, he says, so when I do what I don't want to do, when I'm trying to do the right thing, I find myself doing the right, when I'm trying to do the right thing, and I find myself continually doing the wrong thing, I understand that it's no longer me, it's no longer me that's doing it, but it's the this flesh in me, it's this thing in me. You see what I'm saying to you? See, Paul had a healthy understanding. I'm not just some messed up person. Well, he was kind of bipolar in chapter number seven because he called himself wretched. He, you know, then he come back and go, you know, oh, who's going to deliver me out of this body of death? You know what I'm saying? And so, so well, what we have to understand is if we don't know what, why we do the things that we do, we just can't automatically assume that we're jacked up, okay? And so the demons can be comfortable in, in many churches. And, and, and so, so let's go on in Mark uh, chapter one, verse number 39. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. So he did two things. He preached and he cast out demons. He did two things. He preached and he cast out demons. He didn't just preach. He preached, get this, and he dealt with the people's problems. You notice our church, we don't sit back and do a lot of hooping and about Moses and God split the Red Sea and he was able to go through the water dry. We don't got time for all that. This church says, let's deal with our behavioral issues. Let's deal with why we are in opposition to God. Because when we can come out of opposition with God, we can enter into the fruitfulness of life. And so I heard a lady say this one time. She said, if your love life with Christ isn't right, then your, love, then your life won't be right at all. And what we're experiencing, and, and, and I won't talk about any other church election, and I don't pastor those, I pastor this one. What happens in our ministry is that we have a lot of people that are just not in love with Christ. And so, Christ, so life isn't right at all. You see what I'm saying? So he didn't just preach. He cast out demons. And he dealt with people's problems. Anytime that you're connected to a ministry that's not dealing with your problems, you're in the wrong ministry. You see? And, and don't, don't say that, well, this don't deal with my problems. And you won't deal with your problems. Because the ministry can give you every tip that you need, but if you don't use them and apply them, ain't nothing going to seem right to you. Amen? So, so I want you to understand that this is a regular part of Christian ministry. It was a regular part of the ministry of Jesus. And because when we start talking about demons, people be like, oh, they tripping. <laughs> oh, here go now. We know ain't no demons. We know ain't no demons. It was just the movies. And, th and, 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 and in that movie, I keep telling y'all, one day I want y'all to watch it. The Devil's Advocate, my, Al Pacino said something was powerful. He said, my greatest trick is convincing the world that I don't exist. So, so when we start talking about demons, when we start talking about demons, we start talking like, you know, like, you know, people look at us like we're crazy. Like, we just don't, you know, now they, no, this is really what, what you think this evil world is made up of. You see? So, this was regular in the ministry of Jesus. It's not something extreme or some spiritually spooky thing. It's just doing what Jesus did and the way he did it. How in the world could you have a demon in your life and be all right with it? You got to get that thing about you. How in the world could you have demons at the workplace and don't do nothing about it? You got to confront them demons. They got to go. You see? See, but what the problem is, we've become okay with what's abnormal. Lord, have mercy. We, 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 we accept what don't make no sense now. You see? And so everything that we do is never to the, to the potential or to the optimal potential that it could be because we're too busy dealing in an abnormal, dysfunctional situation. And we're trying to figure out why, why is it so jacked up? It's because we allow too much evil to call shots and to, and to, and to run freely. 
So let's look at Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. On that day, on that very day, some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Who is Herod? Who is he? Who is Herod? The king. He said, for, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures. Today, tomorrow, and the third day, I shall be perfected. In other words, Jesus, Jesus said, all my early ministry, I'm going to do two things. All through my early ministry, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to cast out demons, and I'm going to heal the sick. He, he started that way. He continued that way, and he concluded that way. And, and that is the, the pattern of, earthly ministry, of the earthly ministry of Jesus. I personally have no ambition to try to outdo God, not at all. So if, if I can just do a small part of what he did, then, we should be, then, then I should be satisfied. If you can do a small part of what he done, then you should be satisfied. Now, there is a very important significance about this particular ministry, casting out demons. If you read the Old Testament, I think you'll find that almost all the miracles that were performed in the, in, in the New Testament were performed in the Old. They raised the dead, they healed the sick, they fed the multitudes, but there's one thing they never did in the Old Testament that they did in the New. And what was that? Huh? They never cast out demons in the Old Testament. You know, and so it's a, you cannot find an example of that anywhere in the Old Testament. You understand? So, so let's go to Matthew chapter 12, verse number 28. Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So, so his casting out of demons was a distinguishing sign. It was a distinguishing sign uh, that the kingdom of God had come. It was a miracle that was not performed in the Old Testament. You see what I'm saying? Because Jesus was in the Old Testament, but, but, but theologians say that in the Old Testament, Jesus was concealed. In the New Testament, Jesus is revealed. Okay, so since he's concealed in the Old Testament, they're not casting out demons in the Old Testament. But when he steps on the scene, all of a sudden there begins to be a ministry of casting out demons. You see what I'm saying? So what does that mean? The kingdom has come. Lord, have mercy. You, you understand that, don't you? Jesus comes down from heaven, and so the, where's, where's the kingdom? It's heaven. You see, it's, it's, it's in the heavens. And so the kingdom comes, and now, as, as a result, there's the casting out of demons. That's powerful, man. You see, it, 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 it's a distinctive declaration that the kingdom has come. And, and, and really, the casting out of demons is a war between two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And don't get this thing twisted like, oh, there ain't no kingdom of Satan. Now, that's how you get done in. Oh, there's a kingdom. Don't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't say you believe in God, but don't believe that there is an enemy. There is an enemy, you see. And so, and so Jesus demonstrated victory because why? He was able to cast demons out. Think about that. If, if, if Misi has a, a legion, which could be anywhere from 4,000 to 6,000 demons in one person, why is that a major fact? Because you can never underplay how foul you can be on any given day. It's amazing what the body can hold, what the mind can hold. It's the, so many different spirits. You ever see somebody who's just a foul person? I mean, just like straight up, what? No, hey man, you just foul. You just your constant question. Your number one question for that person is, what is wrong with you? What? Are you, what? It's not necessarily them. It's everything. And the problem is, demons. Remember, we talked about this last week. Demons run in what? Twins. What they run in what? Packs, gangs. And so, and so when they, when they, when the one gets in. He opens the door for all of them to get in. You see what I'm saying? You ever, you ever get yourself together spiritually, clean that house? The Bible talks about it. Clean that house out. 
you clean it out, you, 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 yeah, you're done with all of this foolishness, but you don't, you don't, when you, you have this moment, but you don't fill yourself with the things of God. So what does the Bible tell us that what happens? It says, it says, it says so, when, so those demons come back, it says, I'm going back to the house in which I just left. But it says he comes back, how many times? Seven times stronger. Seven times stronger than what he was. So that's why it's now. So people used to be, you know, you just used to gamble. Now you down. Now, now you gamble. Then you smoke crack. <laughs> you just, just used to smoke crack. Now you smoke crack, gamble, and you watch pornography. These were the things that you've done before, but because you have different. And this is what you need to understand. There is so many different demons, and this is what. And 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 when people and churches don't teach this stuff, what what we're doing is we are robbing people. Of, of the the right to defend themselves. How do you know what to look out for if you if you ain't been taught by your leaders? Hey, it's real. This stuff really happens. You see. So 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 uh, there's there's the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus, he he showed his victory. You know, he demonstrated his victory by he was able to cast out demons. Now let's read the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples. So Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So, so Jesus says, you have to do four things. The first one is what? Heal the sick. The second one is what? The third one is. And the fourth one is. Cast out demons. See, see, that's Jesus saying that. The, the, that was a part of their total ministry. Everywhere they went, that was a part of their ministry. So, so let's do those instructions again. As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. However, get this, it's not enough just to preach. You have to demonstrate the validity of what you're preaching. Let me tell you something. People are tired of being preached to but seeing no power. People are tired of being preached to but seeing no power. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And the Lord has, like, you know, this shift going on with our church because we, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but we're really educated, education buffs, right? Education of the word, education of the word. The Bible says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. It's not, and he says, and he says, you have rejected knowledge. So in other words, it's not that you, the knowledge wasn't available. It's just that you rejected the knowledge. And so since you reject the knowledge, I'm going to reject not just you, he says, but I'm going to reject your kids. Ain't that something? He says, but we're dying because of what we won't learn. And so do you remember what I said Sunday? Our biggest sin today in these times is you refuse to learn. You refuse to learn. We have so many different problems going on in our lives, but we refuse to learn where, where God says, where, where, there is, where there's perfect peace. How do you... How do you how do you be so jacked up but you refuse to learn from the one thing that can help you? That's a special kind of pride. Amen. And so and so and so you you have to show some validity, uh, some validity in in what you are preaching. You gotta have some power, man. People don't want people are tired of hearing the same thing, but they don't see nothing. So so heal the sick, excuse me, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Four things, and one of them is casting out demons. So then we go to Mark 16, and at the end of that gospel, Jesus gave final instruction after his resurrection uh, to all that, uh, to all who were to go out and preach the gospel. And so in Mark 16 and 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe 
will be what? Condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will what? And they will what? This is Jesus saying this. But we have denominations all over this world that's basically saying, this is foolishness. We don't do... We don't deal with this anymore. We don't. Uh, that that was that was in those that was in those days. You see what I'm saying? But this is Jesus saying this. So 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 I don't care. When did when did the preacher get more powerful than Jesus? You, you see what I'm saying to you? Simply, but the problem is, and I'm at the high. Okay, I hear you, Lord. The problem is, just as the people have been trained not to learn, because the preachers wouldn't teach. How many of y'all grew? How many of y'all went to church in the eighties? You know, as a kid in the seventies. Well, you knew one thing. You walk in that church, didn't you? You gonna have a perm and a good suit, and you are gonna get a show in them churches. I mean, we had preach. You know, I'm just leg all up in the air, and you know, I was a. I won't say where. Watching the last words of Jesus, just trying to go get a word. Me and Delta went one time about three or four years ago. And this man got to preaching, and he put his leg up on the pulpit. Like, and, you know, he was sitting there with his leg on the, I mean, literally his leg was on the thing, on the desk, and he was preaching. And my question was, who is that going to save? Everybody was blown away. You better go in. He's tearing this place up. Oh, my God. And I'm going, they still smoking crack out there, though. His leg on the pulpit didn't do nothing for nobody. You see what I'm saying? They had a thing back in the day. How many of y'all remember? Used to walk the pews. You remember that? And it used to say, Bishop, Bishop, walk the pews. He walked the pews. First of all, let me tell you something. I'm not getting on no back of nobody's pew because I'm not their coordinator. And they said stuff like this. The Spirit of the Lord hit me, man. I just got to walk in them pews. You mean tell me the Spirit hit you? The Spirit of the living God hit you. And the best you can come up with is, I'm going to walk on the back of the pews, and I'm going to preach while I'm doing it. And that's going to heal people out of the hell that they're going through. You see how much time we've wasted? How many years we've wasted? And when people sit back and say, who your pastor is? And then they say, oh, that's the one throw his leg up on the desk. Y'all, he preach. No, he performs. See, preaching is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Performing is when you moonwalking through here and, and you know, uh, oh, God, let me just show you. Because that's why I don't got no preaching friends. Because I don't understand half the stuff I see, you know. You got the guy walking around here doing the whole duck thing. You, know, he, you can see him on a video on YouTube anywhere. Right here in this town, he'd be everywhere just doing the, I call him the duck. Dude, oh, he's ready to do the duck, Miriam. He's ready to do the duck. He starts doing all this type of stuff. And look, I don't know if you're preaching on one of the five heartbeats. God, it's just crazy. <laughs> And and here's the problem is that while we're acting, while we're enjoying the show, Satan is going, <laughs> I'm gonna kill your kids. Oh, I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have your daughter out here in the alley for a ten dollar rock dealing with two or three different people. Go ahead. Laugh at the preachers. Go ahead, preacher. Get make everybody love you. Instead of love God. Make everybody talk about how good you did, except the spirit, and, and rather than the spirit of the Lord was in the house today. Go ahead, preacher, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to watch this. I'm not just getting ready to destroy your kids. I'm getting ready to destroy your grandchildren. Go ahead, preacher, and go ahead, y'all silly converts that don't step back and read your word for yourself so he tell you anything that, you want, that he wants to tell you and you believe because he's the preacher. Go ahead, because I'm going to destroy the, your next generation. I've already set up crack addiction and heroin addiction for your next generation. Go ahead. You see. Throw your leg up on the pulpit. You better have healing hands. Or sooner or later, you keep doing that long enough, you're going to pull something out of the joint. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, man, what we do. The things that we put up with. Listen, he says, he says, in my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Stop right there. How many of you have heard about speaking in new tongues? Everyone, right? It, it, it's a very popular subject. Subject, But how many of you have heard about casting out demons? 
And how many of you have seen the practice? How many of you have seen the practice? Y'all seen it out? Have y'all seen demons cast out? You know what I'm saying? How many of you didn't see until you got the growth? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, they gave him nightmares. You know, somebody, Benny, you can teach Delshick about that. Somebody that tall, that big. <laughs> and Delshick was trying to WWF that demon. She said, she turned around, she said, this is not wrestling, man. Ain't you red? This is, this is not physical. You know what I'm saying? She said, this is not physical. You can't get rid of me by physical. I'm a spirit. Oh, my God. So, 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 so anytime that you're sitting in a church and, and people can sit back and see all this hellish behavior and don't nobody want to cast nothing out, something wrong. Something wrong. Because you know why we don't cast out demons in church no more? Because we can't too dress for that. I'm too dressed. I'm in my good shoes. Ain't going to be, ain't going to be spitting up all over my shoes. You see. So get this. The first supernatural sign was not speaking with a new tongue. It was casting out demons. It was not speaking in a new tongue. It was casting out demons. See, we have gaps in our theology and practice. We do some things, but not others. But the way Jesus told us to do it was the right way. Amen? So so let's consider. Let's consider. I got about five minutes. So, so let's consider how they obeyed in the earthly ministry of Jesus. Luke's. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. We're almost done already. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That was the thing that excited them the most. See, see, there was a, this was a new thing. Healing wasn't new. You know, that miraculous provision, as good as it was, it wasn't new. But to have authority over demons in the name of Jesus, that was new. Wouldn't that be amazing if every demon in your life, you got the power and the authority over it in the name of Jesus to cast it away from you? Wouldn't that be amazing? How many of you know that you've got demons in your life? How many of you know that? in one way or another, around you. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah. How, how do I know? You see, because we, you know, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about their objectives and the signs. You'll know what they do when you see them, right? So, look at number 18, verse number 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample over on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing by any means shall hurt you. I want to emphasize that tonight because we are going to later on in this study, we're going, we're going to take on some actions. And, 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 and see, see, you don't have to get frightened. Demons have no power over you if you're a true believer. You ain't got, you ain't got to be worried about that. This, this is a subject that scares most people. You start talking about demons. They, I don't know if I'm going to come to that church. They, they, they don't talk about demons. Ooh, you know, people get scared about this thing. But you don't have to be scared of anything if you're a true believer. What did the Bible tell us? That God did not give us a spirit of fear. So no matter how crazy things come at us, we can operate out of power and love and out of a sound mind. Amen. Now, now, let's go to John chapter 8. And here is one of the most interesting examples. How, how many of you uh, know that there's only one person in the New Testament who was actually called an evangelist? What was his name? I didn't get off my mic, did I? His name was Philip, amen? 
He's the only person who has been designated an evangelist. And his ministry is described in Acts chapter 8. Therefore, you know, you can say that his ministry is the pattern ministry of evangelists. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 8, verse number 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. That's an evangelist's message. What is the evangelist's message? What should it always be? Christ Jesus. That should always be the evangelist's message. Christ Jesus. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. Now, Philip, get this. Philip didn't have a committee, a sponsoring church. He didn't have a big building. You understand? Or he didn't have some, some dope choir. He didn't have some awesome choir. I mean, all those things are good, but they're not essential. What is essential is preach the gospel with signs following, and you're going to always get a crowd. You see what I'm saying? You, you want to see people change. Pre preach with power to the point that it, 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 it changes people. You understand? Or, or it changes things. Listen, let's go back to number six. It says, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and what? Seeing the miracles which he did. Can I tell y'all this? Can I just go ahead and tell y'all this? I'm going to say this to you. This is real, okay? This is real. We can heal the sick. We can. We can raise the dead. We can. Jesus was so adamant about us knowing this. He said what? Look, don't get caught up in these things that you see me do. Because these things are more you will do. Think about this. We can heal the sick. You see what I'm saying? Imagine you witnessing to someone about Jesus and then say that headache that you're dealing with that you didn't say nothing about in the name of Jesus. And and they go, well, hold on. First of all, he didn't know nothing about no headache. That's number one. That's why God does down here at the altar what he does sometimes. When you come down here and the Lord uh, give me something that there's no way that I can know about it because he wants you to understand there's the power behind what he's preaching. I exist. God says, I exist. And watch this. There is power in those that preach Christ crucified. And watch this. You remember that over at the old church? You know, the little young kids, they would bring their friends to our church and, and then just tell them, go to the altar. He's going to tell you about your whole life. He'll know you. Watch. And, and that would happen. And, and, and so those, those young people, were those were seeds that were thrown, that was, that, was, that was sown because what they knew was, this man doesn't know me. You see, and so and so, well, that's the power behind something that you preach. You you can you can preach, 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 but if you ain't got nothing, if, if nothing ever changes, no lives ever get better. Then what's the use of being connected to that? You see, and the multitude with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. He said, in other words, he didn't just preach about the power of Jesus; he showed you the power of Jesus. So he didn't have the big building. He didn't have any of that stuff. All he had, it was all he needed, was the power. And the multitudes, with one accord, he did this thing, spoke about Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. What attracted the crowd? Miracles. Miracles. Miracles are an essential part of the ministry of evangelism. Everybody thinks that the pastor's got to lay hands on you. Let me tell you something, baby. You should be able to be in Walmart and see a fever on somebody and be like, you should be, able to, you should be able to be in Walmart and see depression on somebody and be able to go over and lay hands and speak into their life. The Lord ought to be able to trust you with the responsibility of knowing somebody's business that you ain't never met. My God. That's called surrender. You all the way sold out when, when he be like, okay, so I'm going to tell you something that, 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 that they spouse don't even know. And the reason why I'm going to tell them I'm telling you, because they don't know you, they've never seen you before in their life, but when you tell them this, they'll know I, 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 I'm a real, I live. Because there ain't no other way that, they that you could have known that. 
But you have to be able, hey, let me tell you something. Some of you know people in this ministry, in this church, and the Lord has a work for you to do with them, but, but you've not grown to the point to where you can be trusted with some of the secrets that he's going to do. That's why you see sometimes you see people, serious prayer warriors and serious prophets, when they're down here, when they're at the altar and stuff like that, you're, you know, you'll see people, you know, they, they'll stop themselves. They won't, they won't. You, it's like they don't know what they're talking about, but they really do because what they're realizing is I've got the information, but this isn't the time to discard it. To, I mean, to, 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 to release it. If I've got 10 people down here and there is uh, somebody sitting in this thing with a sexual addiction, you understand what I'm saying to you? Even though we don't, we, we know that the enemy shames us into silence and that, and, and that silence and that what we, what we hide from people is how the enemy has power. But if I was to step back and say, you got a sexual addiction right next to somebody else that's standing next to you, do you know, no matter how, no matter how safe we try to be, that person that heard that from now on will be like, I ain't talking about that. That's actually what they're saying. That's what they got. You see what I'm saying? Or, shoot, you got a sexual addiction. I'm going to get a show. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> this is real. You you have to be careful. So, 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 you got to be careful what you say and when you say it. And who you say it around. Amen? And so, and so, the, it was miracles. Now, get this, that attracted the crowd. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice come out. Uh, uh, came out of many who where it says possessed, but I don't believe in that word again. You understand? That that's the, that's the wrong. They were they were not possessed. They were demonized. They were they were demonically influenced. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Can I just go ahead and say this? Any time that there is a healing, there will be joy. Anybody going through something? that you need a healing from, and it doesn't always have to be physical. It can be mental. It can be emotionally. And when you when you get delivered from that hell that you're going through in your head, it's just, you, it's like there was a great joy. There's going to be joy. I don't know anybody that's been afflicted and then all of a sudden deliverance comes and you don't, you can't show joy. You I believe the people that's afflicted that don't, that don't give, don't give God the praise when he delivers them from their affliction, they got more affliction coming because they got to learn. You got to learn. You going to give me the glory. You going to give me the glory. They don't keep on running around here giving it to preacher. Now you ain't going to keep on running around. Uh, you understand what I'm saying to you? They don't keep on around giving it to your dad. You giving the doctor your glory. You, you giving your lawyer your glory. I told my lawyer, I said, I'm going to show you a miracle. I wanted him to understand that if he, if he, forget, if he continued to represent me, you, you would not represent me. I just need you to stand here. You no longer represent me. I'm represented by the blood. This is not about if I'm right or wrong, guilty or innocent. This is, this is all about what God has planned for my life. Can I get my money back? <laughs> Can I get my money back? You see? And so and so, uh, as we go into the study more, you're going to learn more about uh, more about demons. But here's what I want you to understand: I don't want you to just run going. Uh, that's my sister. I knew, I knew she had a demon. No, no, no. You search you. You ever been around a person that when the preacher say something, they want to bump you? Did you hear that? No, did you hear that? You, you see what I'm saying? Why is it so important for us to deal with these demons? Because they are secretly secretly sabotaging everything that you desire, everything that you're after. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and you can't confront what you don't see. You can't confront what you, uh, you it's just me, I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. No, 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 no. You have some help. You have some help. Amen? 